Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. I'm Heather Klug, registered dietitian with the Karen Yance Cardiac Awareness Center. And with me today is Bethany DeBrew Adams, our health communications coordinator. Welcome, Bethany. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for being on today. It's Heart Month, and since we're a podcast devoted to women and heart disease, we thought we'd talk about heart attack warning signs in women. Now, Bethany, think back to movies and TV shows you've watched. How is a heart attack usually portrayed? Well, I think in pretty much every TV show or movie I've seen with a heart attack in it, it's usually a guy who, you know... He might feel a little weird and then he'll gasp and he'll clutch his chest, you know, in in great pain or grab his left arm, you know, great. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes he yells, sometimes he just collapses, but it's always just a very dramatic, dramatic scene. Yes, that is correct. Now, two things to point out. First, an analysis of media shows that they usually portray wealthy or overweight middle-aged white men having heart attacks. Now, they do have heart attacks, <laughs> but so do low-income people, people of color, and of course, women of all different ages also have heart attacks. Yes. Yeah. And this is something we mention in many episodes of our podcast that we've done. It's interesting because you're talking about that media analysis and According to one study, nearly half of women observed didn't have any classic signs of a heart attack. And so, you know, they're having some of these vague symptoms that we'll talk about in a little bit, nausea or vomiting, trouble breathing. And in the media world, those symptoms aren't viewed as dramatic. You know, they're not Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's not as visually interesting as the good old fashioned, you know, clutch your chest and gasp. And so we tend to see way fewer women suffer heart attacks in the TV and movies and pop culture, you know, et cetera. But a few years ago, I believe it's three years ago now, Grey's Anatomy did an excellent episode um, called Don't Fear the Reaper. And we'll put the link to the episode in our show notes. And in it, Dr. Miranda Bailey, for those of you who don't watch the show, she is an African-American woman. She is the head of or the chief of surgery, I believe, or chief of the hospital. I can't remember what she was at the time. Very high up, though. (laughs) Very high up, very together person. But she believes she's having a heart attack and she's near a different hospital than the one in which she works. So she's dealing with a lot of doctors who don't know her necessarily. And she's really struggling to get them to understand or believe that she's having heart attack, which is kind of crazy to think about. Here's a person, you know, she tells them exactly who she is. I'm, you know, I'm the chief of surgery at this hospital and I believe I'm having a heart attack. And she still is kind of not believed because she's a woman and because her symptoms are very vague. And also she suffers from anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder as well. So that's a whole other avenue, you know, that kind of adds a hiccup to her story. 
So yeah, I think I, I think I remember in there they kept thinking, oh well, maybe it's just a panic attack or it's your right. OCD, like you're making this out to be too big of a deal. Exactly, exactly. And you know, for those of us who have anxiety disorders, because I have an anxiety disorder and I also have some heart issues, and they feel very different. If you're somebody who has anxiety, you know that an anxiety attack and Anything that's physically happening to your heart in that way is not the same thing. Yeah. More often than not, you know that there's something that's wrong here. So unfortunately, with this whole media idea of, you know, these these symptoms don't look as quote unquote sexy, you know, as a man's heart attack. They're not as interesting. Because of that, there is a distinctive approach that the media, especially in North America, takes toward women's heart attacks. And popular media, when it portrayed women as having a heart attack, they were white, middle-aged, and of high socioeconomic status, typically. And so that's despite medical research showing non-white and less advantaged women in the U.S. actually experience higher levels of heart disease. So that Grey's Anatomy episode is really an anomaly in that it shows a woman of color Mm -hmm. having this experience. And as a matter of fact, I don't know about you, Heather, but when we were researching this podcast, I tried looking up other examples in media of women's heart attacks, and I literally could not find any. There was nothing. I don't even think I don't even think the Grey's Anatomy one showed up. Okay. I, did I didn't even me. see that one. Okay. I didn't even <laughs> come across that. It didn't say anything. It just yeah. said women weren't portrayed, but yeah. I couldn't even find like a single example. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. So when we do think of women's health issues, even though heart disease is the number one killer of women, not only in the US, but throughout the world in developed countries, many people think breast cancer is the number one cause of death for women because they see it portrayed in the media all the time. Mm-hmm. Reality is eight to 10 times more women die from heart disease as they do from breast cancer. Yeah. In fact, I just had a nice gentleman in the Karen Yon Center last week that thought breast cancer killed more women than heart disease. And we discussed that very fact you just mentioned, and he was just totally shocked. He couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. He's like, really? I, <laughs> oh, wow. He's like, you blew my mind with that. Like, I just always thought it was breast cancer. So mm-hmm. now the other thing to point out about heart attacks is that while many women do experience chest pain when they're having a heart attack, some women do not. So today we'd like to go through the most common symptoms or warning signs that women experience both one month before an impending heart attack and also warning signs during a heart attack. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that, you know, women do have these symptoms that actually are kind of like a forerunner to the heart event. Heart attack warning signs in women are more varied. So they'll tend to have several symptoms rather than like one or two main symptoms. And they're subtle and they're often vague. So let's start with the one month before a heart attack. What are the most common symptoms in women? Yeah, the biggest one, which 71% of women experienced, was what they call unusual fatigue. This is something that's kind of new, or you could almost call it like dramatic, like it's different than usual. So it's, it's not, not like tired. 
yeah, it's not like, oh, I had a bad night's sleep and that's why I'm really, really tired. It's the overwhelming kind of fatigue where the thought of making your bed is so much energy that you just can't even do it. Like you have to crawl back in the bed, that kind of feeling. Okay. The next one pretty high up on the list, 48% of women experience is sleep disturbances. And this will happen off and on over many weeks. Okay. And again, this will be out of the ordinary. So if you normally would sleep very well and you're all of a sudden you know, this is happening to you a lot, this could be a big warning sign. The next one, probably no surprise here, but shortness of breath. And this is something that will occur not when you're doing physical, like strenuous things. Mm -hmm. It's usually something when you're doing routine activities or even when you're lying down. And the shortness of breath, women will tell you who've had, you know, a heart attack, they'll say, oh, it gets worse over time. And usually chest pain and fatigue go along with it, or at least one of them will accompany the shortness of breath. So if you're having that with something else, that's, you know, a bad warning sign there that you could be having a heart attack or one is coming on. The next one, I think people have heard of too, but indigestion and nausea. About 39% of women get this, and it's the type of thing that many women will describe as feeling like you have heartburn. And it kind of will just like come and go. In fact, I remember a long time ago, Bethany, I was watching a show with Dr. G, the medical examiner, and she was explaining that what she often sees in a lot of women under the age of 55, when she goes in to examine them and they can't figure out the cause of death or why they died, when she's doing her examination, she sees that all oh, these women have so many antacids in their stomach. So here they thought they were having heartburn that wouldn't just like go away. And they actually yeah. ended up dying from a heart attack. Wow. Yes. So if you're experiencing frequent indigestion, nausea, like to the point where you feel like you have to take antacids a lot, you're popping a lot of those babies, mm -hmm. you might want to get your heart checked out. Other ones on the list, anxiety, also 36% of women had that. And then heart racing or heart palpitations was another one. About 25% of women said their arms would feel kind of weak or sort of heavy. And then the last one to mention, this is another vague one to me, but pain in the neck, back, like upper back, sometimes your jaw, especially the lower left jaw, and then even your teeth. And this pain is usually sudden, and again, it's without exertion, and sometimes women describe this as it, you know, it's painful enough that it wakes them up at night. But that one, too, is like, okay, you might just be having, like, I get upper back pain, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I don't know. I would almost think that was something else. Like, oh, maybe right. I just worked out too hard, or I was slouching too much today, or something like that. Right. So, well, and like, I just had a toothache. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, but you weren't maybe, having any of the other symptoms, right? I should say, though, because you know that I had COVID back in October, and I've had a very long, drawn-out time dealing with COVID symptoms that have kept going on and on. And so much of what I've experienced is very similar to this. You know, that, that fatigue, that overwhelming fatigue, which I didn't know what that felt like until I got COVID, mm. where it's just like the thought of turning off the TV was like, oh, that's just too much work to hit the oh. button on my remote. You wow. know, so it is an overwhelm, you know, that overwhelming feeling, the shortness of breath, all of that kind of stuff. So I think the message here is if you're having these symptoms and they're not normal for you, 
and you're having them for several days in a row, you should probably call your doctor and get them checked out. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just, just be a on, good idea. Just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Right. So now what about during a heart attack? What are the common symptoms women see? Yeah. So the most common symptom is still chest pain. And we should talk a little bit about the chest pain too, right? Because it's not always that dramatic kind of chest pain we were talking about earlier. But a lot of people describe it as like something clenching in your chest or maybe like an elephant, you know, sitting on your chest, right? It's sort of that kind of feeling. Other symptoms that women experience during an actual heart attack, shortness of breath is really high on the list. And then weakness is another one, overwhelming fatigue, cold sweats, dizziness, feeling nauseous, and then your arms feeling weak or heavy. Okay. You know, an excellent depiction of these symptoms takes place in a video that was put out several years ago by the Go Red for Women campaign. And I know you've seen it. Yes, it's Um, very good. Yeah. And it's funny. So you mm-hmm. know, it's not it's not grim and whatever, but in it, Elizabeth Banks, the actress, shows us a busy mom who's ignoring her symptoms and putting herself last before finally realizing that she may be having a heart attack. And we see her doing all sorts of things that I found myself going, yeah, I probably would do that too. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And they were the more like vague kind of yes. symptoms or the subtle ones. It wasn't the clutching right. chest pain. Right. You At know, least it, until the end, right? But. Right. <laughs> and it really illustrates how we as women tend to, you know, not even just with heart attack, but with a lot of things, we tend to push through and take care of everybody else before we actually stop and take care of ourselves, you know? So with these vague symptoms, with these subtle symptoms, do we know why women are having them? more than men would? Yeah. I mean, some of it has to do with how plaque even just deposits in the arteries. So when men, plaque tends to clump all in the same area or in a couple of main areas. And the plaques also tend to rupture more in men. Now this rupture, because it'll break off from the plaque and then it'll float down the bloodstream and it'll block your artery. This Mm -hmm. obstructs the blood flow quickly and it's much easier to detect with diagnostic tests. And these ruptures lead to crushing chest pain and that heaviness feeling. So that's where you get the dramatic kind of chest pain in there. Right. Yeah. And what I also found interesting is that these ruptures occur in 75% of men but only 55% of women. So Hmm. women do get them, but it's fewer, right? So women Mm -hmm. get the, you know, the more varied kind of subtle sort of symptoms. And in women, maybe after I describe this, it'll make sense. But in women, plaque actually tends to spread out over a longer surface area instead of one specific area, right? So if you can picture like a tiny little straw and stuff like collecting in there, like if you have a smoothie or something, and sometimes Mm -hmm. something gets stuck, if it's a big chunk of something in there, it's going to block it, right? And nothing gets through. But if you have just little bits over that longer area, the blood and the oxygen are still getting through, but they're going through at a slower rate, right? So you can see why that leads to more subtle sort of symptoms. Also in women, plaque builds up in the smaller arteries. And unfortunately, one of the tests they do an angiogram, it doesn't even pick this up because that's for detecting, you know, 
big clumps of plaque in the larger arteries. And then women also have more plaque erosion instead of that rupture. And erosion is when plaque wears away little bits at a time, and it just forms these tiny kind of blood clots. And it's almost like a heart attack in slow motion, really. So I think that's where you see these more subtle, vague kind of symptoms, too, because it doesn't happen quickly like the rupture, right? Right. The symptoms are different. They come on more gradually over that three to four week time period rather than all at once. And I should point out, too, this is especially true for women that have a heart attack before menopause. Okay. And then the last thing to point out is that this plaque erosion that women tend to have is also much harder to detect in diagnostic tests. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Hopefully now that I think we're seeing a little more in the medical community that they're realizing that women need to be included in a lot of stuff, a lot of these studies and a lot of this. Now, maybe some diagnostic tests will be developed (laughs) that are a little better for women in detecting their risks as well, rather than just, you know, the male model of health that we've always gone by. So I remember when we talked to Dr. Galatska a few months ago in our menopause podcast, she also mentioned women having higher rates of microvascular dysfunction. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yes. We should really have her on to talk about this in more detail, though, because she's obviously way more knowledgeable than me on this. But microvascular dysfunction is often called non-obstructive coronary heart disease. So this is when there are no obstructions, there's no plaque, but chest pain is frequently experienced, which usually lasts 10 minutes or more when doing routine activities. And this microvascular dysfunction is when damage occurs in the walls of the tiny coronary arteries. And this leads to spasms and decreased blood flow to the heart. And sadly, here too, standard diagnostic tests don't detect microvascular dysfunction. Uh, Women at higher risk for this are usually younger women, women with diabetes or high blood pressure or cardiomyopathy, and often women going through early menopause. Okay. So there's problems with not recognizing these symptoms right away, right? You know, for both the person affected for their family members and even like medical personnel, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's important for everyone to recognize these unique warning signs. Good for the women to know this, but Mm -hmm. everyone in that woman's life, and like you said, the medical professionals that work with women too. But if you have women in your life, you know, encouraging them to see a doctor before it's too late. The longer a woman waits to go in, the more heart muscle is damaged. And this results in, of course, higher rates of death. I mean, one in three women die from heart disease currently as it is. And then we see these higher rates of morbidity. So meaning you're living with, you know, chronic health problems. And then there's lower rates of diagnostic tests and interventional treatments in women. That's an issue. And then there's also lower rates of preventive medication that's offered to women. So women are often not given aspirin, statins, and blood pressure medication like men usually get. Right. And there's also studies that have been done that say even post heart attack, things like um, cardiac rehab, for example, aren't recommended for women as often as they are for men. These kind of once you've had a heart event, the way to prevent it, they're not medical professionals aren't always stepping up in that respect either. Right. So none of that is good news. 
So, you know, but it makes it all the more important for all of us women out there to advocate for themselves and to also have other people around them who are able to advocate for them. Because I think this is something that's not talked about enough. We mentioned, hey, everybody, you need to advocate for yourself, but you kind of need to practice doing so before you find yourself in a situation where you're having a medical emergency, you know, or a medical event, because I can sit here and say that I'm a strong person and I will, you know, I will advocate for myself. I will, I will stand up for myself. But once I'm in that situation and I'm having an emergency, I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be more ready to defer to the person who is in charge of my care than I would be if I have my normal wits about me. So I think even doing some like role playing with a friend or with your spouse or with the people that you trust to be there for you in these medical situations where you can be like, okay, I'm going to stand up to you, you know, yeah. so you actually rehearse it before the time comes. Hopefully the time won't come that you will need to do this, but at least you're a little more prepared and it's more ingrained in your head. Yeah. And you don't have to say a lot, really. All you have to say is, I think I'm having a heart attack. I want you to do tests to see if I'm having a heart attack. Please. I mean, and be firm about that. <laughs> Don't be like, well, I might be having a heart attack. That's what women right. do. Well, I've sort of been having these. You can't do the sort of, the might. Just say, I think I'm having a heart attack. Yes. Please do tests to figure out if I'm having one. Exactly. And the other thing we tell women, it is always better to be wrong in this case and to go to the doctor than to be having a heart attack and not go and have something really unfortunate happen beyond that. Right? Because you could die, basically. Right? Exactly. I mean, everybody survives a heart attack. I think people forget that part of it, too. And one of those things women do, like you were saying, they're worried about being embarrassed. Like they're mm. afraid to go in and be told, no, you just have, you know, heartburn or you just have indigestion right. or gas or something like that. Yes. We're more worried about being embarrassed or wasting someone's time mm -hmm. than we are in making sure we're not having a heart attack and being Definitely. Around. Yes. Yeah. Now, aside from all of that, we know that there's risk factors that we all have that are important to pay attention to, but, you know, the way we eat, the amount of exercise we're getting, whether if we have diabetes or high blood pressure, whether it's managed well. But we know that there's also risk factors that are naturally specific to women. So what risk factors do women especially need to be on the lookout for? Yes. Research shows that risk factors such as high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, and smoking are even more dangerous risk factors for women compared to men. Of course. Yes. Women also <laughs> have other female-specific risk factors, and we're going to explore these in more detail in a future episode. They're called emerging risk factors. So these are things like early menopause, and this is whether it occurs naturally or it's surgically induced. Because once a woman goes through menopause, there's a, that loss of estrogen, and this changes your whole lipid profile, right? Your cholesterol goes up, triglycerides start to go up, HDL cholesterol goes down, and then there's that weight shift. It all of a sudden starts going to that abdominal area if it wasn't before. Another emerging risk factor for women, it's getting talked about more, thank goodness, is gestational diabetes. So if a woman had this, when pregnant, she's at a 59% higher risk for heart disease later on down the line. 
And then there's things like high blood pressure, preeclampsia, and eclampsia during pregnancy. So down the line, there's a threefold higher risk also for heart disease. Depression is another one, which happens to be a lot more common in women, and having depression doubles your risk for heart disease. And then the last one to mention is called systemic inflammatory diseases. So these are things like rheumatoid arthritis, endometriosis, lupus, and multiple sclerosis. So there's also a threefold higher risk of having heart disease with these conditions. Well, that's all good to know. Um, A bummer, again. I know, I know. (laughs) So let's remind everybody what we talked about today. First, women don't always have the classic warning signs of a heart attack. Women can have varied, subtle, and vague warning signs compared to men. Women, you need to advocate for yourselves when you go to the doctor, when you go to the ER. You need to make sure that you are your own best advocate. And if you're having warning signs for a heart attack, especially if you have risk factors for heart disease, please don't delay. Call 911 or get to the ER in any way you can. Time is heart muscle. And we said it before, we'll say it again. It's better to go in and be wrong than it is to not go in and have something happen to your, like a heart attack, have it being a heart attack. Yes. All right. Well, we want everyone to know the warning signs of a heart attack and to get help to prevent unneeded deaths and long-lasting consequences, just like you talked about, Bethany. We also want all of you listening to take care of your hearts to prevent a heart attack and heart disease. And remember, up to 80% of heart disease is preventable through a healthy Mm -hmm. lifestyle. For more help in living a healthy lifestyle to prevent heart disease, Subscribe to our Karen Yant Center YouTube channel so you don't miss an episode and to also see our cooking demos and other heart healthy videos. You can also check out the Karen Yant Center Pinterest page for heart healthy recipes and heart health info and our website at KarenYantCenter.org. Well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. Happy Heart Month. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Carignan's Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.carignancecenter.org. Like us on Facebook at Center and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, so and be sure to tell us. Until next time, be ruler of your own heart.